Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Welcome to the show, everybody. Big Dave riding solo tonight here for Poker Action Line. Joe will be back with us next week. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, including the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which uh, finished last night. I went down there to watch uh, the final tables play. Uh, the Big Four, they call it. And there were four huge tournaments going on at the same time, including a late add-on event that started late, that a $10,000 high roller so uh, pretty interesting uh, just walking into that uh, room and seeing the guys playing in the uh, high roller was pretty uh, pretty intense and a lot of great players there. I can just, just to give you an idea, here was one table that I walked by. Stephen Chidwick, Sam Soverell, Bryn Kenny, Shannon Shore, Joseph Chong, Kelly Minkin, and David Peters. That was at one table. And then plenty of other players, including uh, former champs like uh, Ryan Reese and... Uh, Joe McKeon, uh, Alex Turiansky, a local here in South Florida that uh, finished 10th a few years ago in the uh, November 9, just outside the November 9. I uh, got a chance to talk with Mac Lance. He was there as well. Ben Yu, uh, Kristen Bicknell, who we'll hear from later in the show tonight. Got a chance to talk to her yesterday. But uh, the focus was kind of on the Big Four, um, a concept that Bill Mason and uh, Matt Savage and Tony Burns came up with a couple of years ago. And uh, it involved four big tournaments, including the main event, which was a $5,250 buy-in and had a great turnout, a $3 million guarantee in that tournament. It's the same tournament that they had $10 million guarantee a few years ago, but uh, after not hitting the guarantee the second year, they dropped it to five, and then it's dropped down a little bit more because there's so much competition. In fact, there were several other tournaments going on at the same time as this one, including one out in Arizona, the Arizona State Championships, that got canceled due to a monsoon out there. But uh, some things overlapped a little bit. Uh, there was a big WPT event at Choctaw out in Oklahoma that was finishing up when uh, some of the early events of the SHRPO started. So that uh, took away some of the turnout from that one. Uh, a lot of other stuff going on as well. And still, of course, a lot of stuff going into the fall. The Borgata just around the corner. And uh, WSOP Circuit at Foxwoods getting ready to start. So... Uh, really, there's no rest for the weary now. Everything just continues big time. And uh, my focus was on this one. Obviously, I was out of town last week, so I didn't get to see uh, neither the beginning of the tournament or the charity event on uh, last Thursday night was the Jeff Conine charity event for the Conine Clubhouse at the uh, Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. But it was a huge success. And uh, Matt had a few words about that in an interview. I'll talk with him a little bit later on. Also did an interview with Tony Burns uh, uh, that we'll probably save. It's pretty lengthy, so I'm going to save it probably till next week. But uh, kind of wrapped up the whole week, and it was a huge success once again. They do things so well over there. And kind of looking forward to next year because uh, I'm not sure that the big hotel is going to be open by August next year. Uh, they're saying fall of 2019. We'll see what happens. But it's coming along great. Uh, the huge guitar-shaped hotel going to have a brand new poker room and lots of stuff, shops and, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, things moving onward and upward over in Hollywood at the Seminole Hard Rock. And uh, they cashed in with a huge event here and a lot of focus and big names of the game. Just unbelievable. 
Uh, it was televised on uh, Twitch and also uh, taped for Poker Night in America, which also did their regular cash games for showing later in the year. They did a men's game, and then they did a women's game as well, which was a lot of fun, a lot of interesting players in that one, including Jamie Kerstetter and Kristen Bicknell, uh, Danielle Anderson, um, several other players that uh, that we'll talk about a little bit later. Kelly Minkin uh, and uh, Lily Coletto got hooked up in a hand, very interesting hand, in which uh, Kelly Minkin uh, bluffed Lily off her ace-king with holding seven-deuce. <laughs> offsuit and uh there was a special prize if you won a hand with seven deuce you got a hundred dollars from everybody else at the table so uh, uh that was pretty funny but uh, uh to go ahead and five bet that really kind of uh set off some fireworks in a room it was pretty funny but uh we'll talk about some of that next couple of weeks or so i uh, did not get to see that stuff as well that was run late last week when i was out of town and, of course, the Conine Tournament uh, drew a lot of celebrities, and, and they had a lot of fun with that one. There was 385, I believe, was the turn, was the number of entries for that one. Of course, uh, several players entered several times, including Chance Corner. He entered four times, and, and uh, Matt Stout, always, uh, who was with the Charity Series of Poker, always enters a few times in his own tournament, so it has a lot of fun with it. But uh, we'll get to some of that if we get a chance and talk about some of those results. But mainly we want to focus tonight on the Big Four because that all ended yesterday. Uh, last year with the Big Four, I went down there, and they were the endings were all staggered by a, by a long shot. Um, they were very much separated, and you never know what's going to happen. You get down to several players, and, uh, you know, Sometimes there's some quick eliminations. Other times they play for a long time. And, and that was kind of the case this year, except that when I walked in, there were less than uh, four players at every table. So I stuck around. At one point, there were three at two tables and two at the other two, playing heads-up. And as it turned out, it would be four heads-up tournaments going on at the same time. It was the championship event. And we'll talk about these results in just a minute. But also the 2650. The $25,000 high roller, which ended there, and the $1,100 tournament, which uh, attracted a really nice field as well. So they all were down to head-to-head play, and uh, two of the tournaments ended almost simultaneously. But uh, as it turned out, the 2650 was a was an incredible heads-up matchup between uh, Alex Foxen, who just happens to be uh, the boyfriend of Kristen Bicknell, uh, female player of the year. We'll hear a little bit about that situation. They had an incident this summer that we have talked about on previous shows where they got down to the final three players and boyfriend and girlfriend uh, leading the way uh, in chip counts and uh, the other player ended up getting eliminated and some of his friends were not too happy and uh, there were a lot of accusations of collusion and that sort of thing. But uh, I wanted, I thought they were treated unfairly, uh, Kristen and uh, Alex, and I got a chance to talk to her about it, so we'll save that for a little bit later in the show. Talk to her about that situation and women in poker as well. But uh, I want to start off with the uh, championship event, which was head-to-head between Brandon Eisen, who was uh, really not a well-known player. He's from Hawaii originally, lives out in Vegas now. He's more of a cash game player, but has played more tournaments lately. And doesn't have a lot of huge caches to his... Uh, to his resume, but uh, he doubled his career earnings with this win, uh, picking up the win of 771000 
There were 914 players in this uh, three, $3 million prize pool guaranteed event. Uh, they actually went over $4.4 million for the prize pool. So pretty crazy. And uh, Brandon wins it. Uh, there was a big hand, and I, I talked to him about it. Uh, we'll hear from him momentarily here because uh, he was very excited. And uh, he was doing interviews with Maria Ho, and I was able to get him aside to really ask him about this one big hand. It was a, a situation where he had had the lead much of the tournament and got down to the dinner break and down to two players. He was going head-to-head with Jeremy Osmus, a former uh, November Niner, and had a uh, slight disadvantage when they came back from the dinner break. I think it was 21 million chips to 15 for Brandon, but one big hand put him up to 30 million, uh, uh, million five-to-one chip count advantage, and he hung on for the win. It took a long time to finally get it done, but uh, I think head-to-head play went 80 hands. And uh, this hand, this current hand, let's uh, let's hear him talk about it. Uh, this is Brandon Eisen. Uh, the main question I want to ask you is, first time here in a huge tournament like this, it's been a dream tournament for you. I think yeah. back to early yesterday, you had a nice chip lead then. Yeah. You went, came in today with a chip lead. Yeah. And what are your feelings as you play along like that? Are you like, uh, I can't, I got to pinch myself here? Yeah, a little bit. It's a little surreal for sure. Um, I, you know, I was playing good and then I made, I made a few mistakes in the tournament and I was almost out a few times. Like yesterday, I made a big call with Ace Jack and the guy had Jack. We were all in pre-flop, so like I could have been out there, but fortunately I made a flush with my Jack. And then, you know, I played good and I made that mistake with the deuces today and a few mistakes, but in between I was, you know, it would shake them off and just try to play good. When you, when you went to a dinner break, you came back, you were down a little bit and there was the one huge hand where you turned everything around. You've turned a straight. Seven. Yeah. And uh, uh, he had kings, kings and tens. Yeah, he had kings and tens. So... When you too. check called after the turn, did yeah. you think you have him trapped? Uh, well, I mean, on the on the flop, uh, so I three bet him. He called, and you know, like he made it 300k. I made it 1.1, and he's not gonna just like call with anything. So I know he has a pretty strong hand pre-flop, and then the flop comes, king 10 nine, two hearts, and you know, it's kind of a good. He's a strong board for him because he's gonna like have a lot of stuff there. So like I checked. Because even if he does check back, then I can, like, try to bet the turn. But he bet, and then I called. And, you know, he could have, like, Queen Jack sometimes, too, but he could also have, like, some other stuff. So, you know, I'm just hoping to hit a queen or an eight. And then the eight comes on the turn, but it's a heart. So it's three hearts. And then I checked, and he bet again. And it's kind of, like, dicey because, like, he still can have the queen jack and the hearts. He has a lot of hearts probably there. But I thought he could check back sometimes on the flop with the ace of hearts, like ace x of hearts. Like, if he had a flush draw, he might check back because it looks kind of fishy that I checked. Like, it looks suspicious, so he doesn't want to get check raised. So I think he might check back if he had the ace, the ace x of hearts. That's what helped me call on the river because on the river... I checked and he went all in for 10 million into 10 million. It was a big bet. You I know? think it was like 16. It was, like, it was 10 it was crazy. Oh, it was there, 10, there was 10 okay. million in the pot. I only okay. had 10 million. Okay. So like he went all in and, and it was it was for all my chips and it was a tough spot because like yeah I don't have a heart I don't have a straight. I think that he could steal value bet queen jack and then he could have you know a flush. Mm-hmm. But yeah I was thinking that he might check back the flop sometimes with some hearts. And what put you over the top to make the call? Mostly the fact that I thought that he might check back the flop with some hearts. And then I thought that he could value bet the set 
like tens or nines. But those are the only ones because I don't think he'd bet the flop with eights and then get there. So he'd have to have tens or nines. To, but he could he could have those hands, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't think king ten, but okay. And after that point, you got about a five to one chip lead, and yeah. I think even got it up to eight to one or something like that. Yeah. And then you're just what saying to yourself, be patient, be patient. Yeah. Right. Well, the blinds went up to when the blinds went to one two. He had around three million, you know, so it was only fifteen bigs, and so it was just mostly shoving. And then you know he would get up sometimes to around seventeen eighteen bigs and. You know, luckily, whenever I jammed, like I jammed the button, you know, with some, you know, King X, like weak King off, King X offsuits, and luckily he never woke up, woke up with anything, and he limped the small blind one time, and I jammed King uh, Jack 10 off in the big blind, so good thing he wasn't trapping, and you know, everything just kind of worked out where when I, you know, when I made those like kind of light jams, he folded, and you know, the last hand he, he made a he made a strong call with King High, and he was, he was winning. It was pretty close equity wise, Queen Jack suited and. I was fortunate to flop up. Yeah, I'm sure this is a moment you'll never forget. Yeah, it's great. Okay, congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good guy, uh, and uh, had fun talking to him. Brandon Eisen uh, was able to bring his girlfriend to town, and uh, you know, just a, a, a weekend that he'll never forget. He wins seven hundred and seventy-one thousand uh, for first place there. Uh, Osmus wins five hundred forty thousand for second. Uh, Russian player Stoyan Obreshkov. Uh, finished in third. He was uh, playing very well and very aggressively, but ended up getting knocked out of the tournament. Uh, he comes in third, winning 349000 There were some local players that did very well, including Adam Adler from Aventura, who uh, just had a deep run at the Isle Casino in one of their uh, recent events. Uh, Ido Ashkenazi was also uh, a local here who finished in sixth place. Ryan D'Angelo, I missed there. He finished in fourth. Uh, nationally known player, and Joe, Joseph Chong also made the final table. Uh, one of our locals here, one of the uh, well-known players in the world, Noah Schwartz, uh, went into the final day with of two tables, I believe it was, uh, as the chip leader, and he ended up getting knocked out as the bubble on the final table when he uh, had ace-queen, got it in for his uh, ten last ten big blinds against uh, Brandon Eisen. They both had ace-queen, in fact, offsuit. Uh, but four diamonds hit the board, uh, and Brandon was holding the ace of diamonds. So uh, that eliminated Noah in a cooler, really tough uh, situation. Uh, as far as him talking to me, it was after he talked to Maria Ho, and I'm sure his head is spinning, so if it sounded like he was... Uh, uh, Maybe rambling a little bit, uh, trying to put his thoughts together on that hand. Uh, it's really difficult. He doesn't have a lot of experience probably being in media and getting interviewed. But I, and I grabbed him right after he had finished there before. Probably really soaked in. Soaked in. But uh, he, uh, it was a tremendous accomplishment because he led much of the day before and held the lead going into the final day and holds on for the victory. Uh, some of the other players who cashed, uh, just to give you an idea, big names, Cliff Josephy, Matt Berkey, uh, Mike Leah, Jason Mercier, John Raisner, Lonnie Harwood, Jake Baisley, uh, a few of the others that cashed, and then all the others that uh, got knocked out early and jumped in one of these other tournaments. So some of those other names also played in this event as well. But uh, we'll run down some of those other events in just a minute. But, again, congratulations to Brandon Eisen, and uh, I'm sure he has a big future ahead of him. Let's take our first break on the show. Uh, we still want to hear from Matt Savage, a great interview that I was able to do with him. Also, we'll talk about the great one-on-one battle that went well into the evening between Alex Foxen and Blair Hinkle. That was a tremendous tournament in the 2650. 
and we'll talk about a couple of the other champions. Uh, Brandon, or I'm sorry, Sean Deeb uh, finished second in the high roller to Jake Schindler, and the winner of uh, the $1,100 event was Mark McDonald uh, from Ireland. He defeated Joey Cooden at uh, head-to-head play down on the final of that one. So a lot of great tournaments, and uh, talk about a few more things as well. When we come back, we'll still hear from Kristen Bicknell in my interview with her. So we'll get to all that stuff when we return. You're listening to Pokemon Action Line. You can always pick us up on the Hold'em Radio Network or possibly on iTunes or on Stitcher, wherever you get your uh, podcasts. One of the best places is SoundCloud. Check it out because we're able to uh, you're able to play the show, and then if you want to email it to somebody to listen to, you can do that as well. We're getting some really nice numbers on uh, SoundCloud and very happy that uh, we're a part of that organization to carry podcasts. So we'll be back with more of the show when we return on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. So glad we left that stupid party. No joke. Hey, baby, are you an overdue library book? Because you got fine written all over you. Oh, barf. <laughs> what about that girl with the hoop earrings? Ridiculous. When she was dancing... Megan, look out. Look out. Oh, oh. oh, my God. Becky. Becky, are you okay? My arm. I think it's broken. Can you bend it? It's already bent in the wrong direction. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. I only had a few drinks. I was just buzzed. Really? Just buzzed? Yeah, I swear. Well, in that case, my arm is fine. Ah, that's better. You're really okay? You're serious, Becky? No, genius. I'm not serious. Ow! My arm, it hurts. Buzzed driving. Maybe we should stop acting like it's no big deal. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon here from South Florida, where we just uh, ran through one of the great tournaments of the year. Probably, the, I would say, the premier event in North America, without a question, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Uh, just a great tournament uh, of many, many tournaments in a, in, a, in a great series. Started back on August 2nd, finished up last night, uh, August 14th, with just a great series. Uh, a lot of big-name players there, really the, the marquee names of the world. Uh, and we saw a lot of them in the high roller, which was uh, 123 entries, which is great for a $25,000 high roller event. Last year they were did 117, so they were up a little bit in that one. And the winner uh, was uh, Jake Schindler, won $800,000 and took the lead, I believe, in the uh, player of the year uh, standings uh, for card player, surpassing uh, Stephen Chidwick and Jason Bonomo. So a big win for Jake. He uh, got down to head-to-head play, beat Sean Deeb for the title. Um, that was exciting to watch that. Uh, some of the other people that went very deep include other locals like uh, Barry Hutter and national-type players like Omar Zaze and uh, Tom Marchese. So that was uh, that was the high roller. 
The $1,100 tournament was uh, won by Mark McDonnell, and it's uh, it was his first live tournament title. He won 119000 He also finished fourth earlier this year, if you caught the L.A. Poker Classic on uh, the World Poker Tour. Uh, actually, I think that's coming up. I don't think that's been shown yet, but uh, you have a chance to check that out as well. Uh, local Paul Bolzano finished uh, in fifth place. Maria Ho, who actually did commentary inside the uh, Big Four with uh, Joe Stapleton, finished in seventh place uh, in the event, made the final table, and then got on the uh, microphone and uh, helped bring things home. And I mentioned Joey Cooden, who uh, won a bracelet out the World Series of Poker this year, lives in Tamarack. He uh, moved down from Ohio uh, in, the, in, the, in the recent past. And he also uh, has a couple of titles over at the Isle and is doing doing very well over there. So uh, that wraps up those two tournaments. The great one that went for hours was uh, Alex Foxen against Blair Hinkle. Hinkle, of course, won the 2013 Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, the first very first one with the $10 million guarantee. He ended up winning $1.7 million in that one. Uh, got on the cover of uh, several magazines. Uh Certainly uh, has had a good career, but maybe nothing quite since then uh, so magnanimous. But he was playing for the title in, uh, against Alex Foxen as well. That tournament, uh, the 2650, had 422 players this year, which was up from 395 last year. And last year's winner was Alex Foxen. So uh, he comes back and wins the title in the same event for the second straight year. Uh, the head-to-head battle after uh, Jake Schwartz got eliminated in third place Lasted for about five and a half hours. It was pretty incredible and a lot of great hands and uh, pretty exciting play. Of course, uh, I know the poker media always gets down to the last tournament. They're hoping it gets done so they can get out of there. But this one had no end in sight. And finally, uh, Hinkle had pocket deuces at the very end and got his stack in against Ace-10 for Alex Foxen. And 10 on the flop sealed the deal. And gave Fox the victory. Uh, he wins 208000 for that one. Blair Hinkle, 146000 Behind Jake Schwartz in third was Tom Wynn. And Brandon Hall finished fourth. Uh, nice field there as well. But uh, a lot of big names that I saw when I walked in the door end up uh, going by the wayside. And the whole final table was not as well known as you might expect. Uh, one of the great things of the tournament was that they added a $10,000 high roller at the very end, so that was the event that I mentioned, some of the big names. Ryan Reese wins that one over w- Ray Quartemy. Uh Jay Cavour finishes in third, Ben Yu fourth, Shannon Shore took fifth place in that one. Stephen Chidwick was ninth. So, uh, very interesting events. Uh, did get a chance to talk to uh, Tony Burns. I think we'll save that one for next week. But let's hear from uh, Matt Savage, uh, who kind of comes in and, and does some uh, the tournament director's duties along with Tony in this one. And uh, uh, has really been there since the beginning. He always is very kind with his time. And, of course, there's always stuff to talk about uh, with Matt, who is one of the premier tournament directors, started the Tournament uh, Directors Association and is involved with creating a lot of rules for the game. So I got his thoughts on some things that have happened recently. Talked to him about this tournament and, of course, his uh, nomination for the Poker Hall of Fame. All of that stuff uh, in a brief conversation, and here it is. With Matt Savage here at SHRPO, we're winding things down. A couple of heads-up matches left, but uh, you just got to love this concept, especially the way it turned out today with all head-to-head matches going at the same time. 
Yeah, it's awesome. It was four heads-up matches at the same time. These guys playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars, life-changing money. And, uh, you know, this venue and this property really does a lot of things for poker players. I say it year after year, but uh, it just seems like the team of, uh, you know, William Mason, Tony Burns, and Larry Frank. They've just done so much for poker. I, um, you know, I'm honored to be able to come here every year. Well, it's, uh, you know, part of the credit goes to you as well. You work hard on these things as well. And, uh, you know, even though you're way across the country in California, you always make it a point to be here for this one. Yeah, this is a special one for me because it was kind of my concept that William and I developed, uh, the Big Four concept, uh, having it over a short amount of time. So, you know, people can come in just for the weekend and play these events, and now it's just become massive. 123 entries for a $25,500 high roller event. And, you know, to be honest, 80 plus whatever uh, entries, you know, players. And, you know, those re entries on top of that. It's just an amazing thing that they've built here. I've been doing this show for about eight years now, but I walk into the high roller and, and the first day, and I just feel like a fanboy sometimes, you know? It's just incredible. Uh, I'm sure you don't get like that, but once in a while you might say, wow, it's amazing, I respect all these guys. Yeah, you know, the respect I have for the poker players uh, is always amazing because, you know, as a player myself, you know, when I get a chance to play, I know how tough it is to take those beats and uh, come back the next day, and these guys do it. Uh, They come back in, and they come back in firing, and it's it's amazing to see, but uh, there's definitely a lot of talent in that high roller, a lot of talent in all of these events. Uh, but at the same time, the recreational players and local players are also well represented. I saw your name in the chip counts uh, in a couple of tournaments this summer. I think was it at the, at the series? Yeah, I played in a couple. Uh, I played in six events this summer. The closing? cashed in four of them. Uh, I did play in the main event. Okay. Uh, didn't do well in that one, but I did uh, play a charity event the night before, which I won. Uh, so I won my seat into the World Series that way, and it was a it was a good event. I mean, everything that. Uh, they do out in uh, Vegas over the summer. It's just a growing year after year, and so uh, it's a great time to be out at, uh, in Las Vegas. But I think they do a, another good job here of representing themselves out there and bringing the players from the World Series in Las Vegas out to here to some of the hard rock. Speaking of charity, uh, they had a tremendous event last week here, the Jeff Conine event, and that uh, seems to get bigger every year. They uh, they did way more players this year than they have in the past couple of years. So uh, you know that's that's does its part to help society as well. Yeah, definitely 385 uh, entries, and they had a great charity auction. I ended up picking up a few items myself. So, uh, you know, anytime they're doing something for kids and uh, the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, I'll be a part of it. I think it was uh, an outstanding success. and uh, They do a lot here again for the, that charity. So uh, Jeff Conine stayed all the way to the bitter end. That's something that not all of the people that uh, run these charity events do. So uh, uh, kudos to him for doing that. Uh, a couple of questions, and I don't know, I, I, you probably won't get very judgmental here on this day, but uh, a couple of things happened this summer. Uh, there was the Maurice Hawkins incident mm-hmm. where he was called an N-word by the, one of the other players. Uh, the guy justifiably was penalized, but then Jack Eiffel came up to him the next day and disqualified him from the tournament the following day. I guess it was right near the end of the night, so he had some time to think about it. And then some people complained because there was a real kind of disaster with Phil Hellmuth where he spoke out with three-handed play and a firefighter got eliminated from the main event because he influenced play and nothing happened to him. Uh, Did you think that was handled okay? Well, you know, I think that uh, the situation where he said that he's because he's on TV, and, you know, these type of things happen all the time 
in his opinion. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think he did influence action. He definitely should have got a penalty, in my opinion. Um, should he have received more than that? I don't think so. He did do the right thing by, you know, putting up a ten thousand uh, dollar entry for this guy for next year, yeah. and I think that's going to uh, smooth things over. But Phil is such a personality, you know, and you know he's under a lot of pressure and he's under a lot of, uh, you know, scrutiny because he's on television all the time. And that's just his style. But, uh, you know, love him or hate him, he's Phil Helmut. He's, uh, he's different. And the other one, contrasting? Maurice, you know, if you know Maurice. Maurice gets under people's skin. I'm <laughs> sure maybe uh, he skin, might have uh, egged it on. Yeah, there's definitely still no place in poker yeah. for that. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, steps were taken uh, to hopefully prevent this kind of thing from happening again in the future. Do you think you've been over backwards in the past to maybe not let yourself be influenced by the fame or the, uh, you know, the notoriety of the player? Uh, I think so, yeah. You definitely don't want to have any kind of influence on that, and that's kind of been my mantra my whole career, is I treat uh, first-time players the same as I would treat Phil Helmuth and Daniel Negreanu or any of those guys, because I think it's important uh, that if they see uh, a firm tournament director uh, treating those people the same as they're getting treated, they'll have no complaints and they'll come back and play more. One other I want to ask you, because I, I was just thinking, I wonder what Matt thought about this one, but... Uh, and people do that with you on Twitter all the time. They ask you about what, what happened on this one, what happened on that. Uh, it's in the big one for one drop when Rick Solomon exposed the ace in the hand. When I went back and watched it, I thought for sure he did that on purpose. Uh, as it turned out, it didn't really matter because the double knockout by Fader got the 10 on the river. and uh, uh, It didn't really influence the tournament at all. But to me, and Jack Effel was standing there, saw the ace exposed, what do you do in that situation? You know, to me, I wouldn't have had him expose it because the action that, of the player that had already seen the card didn't really affect that hand. And I think that uh, it's one situation where, you know, the rule is show one, show all. And I think that kind of got uh, mixed into the fact that, you know, maybe he would have seen it, but I don't believe he did. And I'm, I think it did affect the action. So uh, that's unfortunate. I never want an exposed card to influence the action. I'm sure he would have got a penalty after the hand if he hadn't got eliminated. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I think he was a little shocked by what he saw in his hand. And I don't think he was going to play it. But then when he saw it, he decided to make that decision to, to go ahead and call. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that's uh, it's tough. Uh, when you're there on the spot, but if you look back afterwards, maybe you'd made a different decision. Okay, two other, couple other things. Uh, obviously, you want to talk about the Hall of Fame. Uh, you've been uh, nominated the last couple of years. You four, got, years. Like, <laughs> the last four years. Four years. Ago, that's, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But uh, you haven't got in yet. But everyone says it's just a matter of time. Yeah. It's always an honor to be nominated, and I think we talked about that last year when we were standing out here. Um, a big point in your life to get in. Yeah, it's a big point in my life. It would be great to get in. Uh, this was a little different this year. My uh, father is in bad health, so I would really wanted to get in for him uh, this year and uh, hoping uh, he'll be around in the future for us to do that. So uh, it was a bit uh, sad for me not to get in. I know I was close again. I was told by Seth Polanski that I was real close and that I need to do a better job of lobbying the living members uh, to get in next year. Uh, so hopefully I get nominated again. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, a lifetime achievement, a legacy that I want to leave for my family, and it's uh, uh, through a lot of hard work that I hope I will get in someday. Okay, two more things, I promise. Uh, okay. Bay 101, no tournament this year, on the California swing. Everybody was very disappointed. Mm -hmm. uh, where does that stand? Is it coming back? Uh, I hope it's coming back. I just had some meetings out there with uh, Sam Quinto, their general manager, and uh, another uh, 
gentleman that handles all the finances. We got through the first two steps. Now we need to get to the owner who uh, would sign off on it officially. Uh, I believe that we will come back, and I'm hoping it will come back strong next year. Okay, and final thing, social experiment. Uh, went well. I think a lot of people liked it. Obviously, everyone's not going to be happy with it. Um, was it a bust or uh... definitely not a bust? We had a hundred k <laughs> guarantee on it, and we blew away the guarantee. So, anytime you can beat the guarantee by a lot, I think it's a success. Can you be that um, strong and tell players what to do? Uh, definitely, it worked out fine. I mean, yeah. We didn't really have an issue, and a lot of players have played in it said they actually okay. appreciated the fact that yeah. it was something different. Uh, and you know, me as a guy that's on my phone all the time, I would love to play an event like that because. I think it does distract you when you're on the phone, and I think it takes away from the play as well. Uh, it takes away from the social experiment and the social experience of the game. So uh, I'm going to do it again, probably during next year's LAPC. But uh, yeah, you are going to. It is coming back. Oh, definitely coming oh, back. Good. Yes. Okay. Well, I know not everybody can entertain people at their table like you do when you're there, so uh, it's not really a responsibility. But, uh, again, thanks for uh, coming out again this year and uh, doing such a great job with uh, Bill and uh, Tony. You got it. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. That's Matt Savage, and a uh, good guy who uh, has really been kind to me, really, to uh, uh, spend a lot of time answering all kinds of questions. He does it on Twitter as well. I, I, I joked about it in the interview there where uh, he says, yeah, people ask me about rules, rulings all the time, and I really never get tired of it, he said. Uh, he told me off off, off mic uh, that uh, he enjoys kind of uh, answering people's questions and uh, educating people on the game. So a uh, big part of his job, and he, it's, as I mentioned on the uh, interview, it's just a matter of time before he gets into the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're still here from uh, Kristen Bicknell. I do want to take another break on the show. And we'll return and talk a little bit more about the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. There's plenty of news in the world, in the world of poker. Uh, several tournaments coming. There were several events that finished up elsewhere in the world while this one was going on. So we'll give you a couple updates on those and also let you know what's still to come here in the fall as we move along uh, into the school year. A lot of kids are going back to school today down here in South Florida. And I know all over the country, if they're not back at school, they're getting there. So uh may free up some parents for a little bit of time to get to the tables as well. We'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be right back. Oh, one more thing before we go to break. I do want to mention that the spots you've been hearing on uh, Place Your Chips Caribbean, uh, that is an operational site now. The poker game uh, works great, and we want you to come on and play poker on there. Uh, there's a free game that you can access right now. We also encourage you to get involved in the lottery game, which uh, is a $29.95 membership fee for a year, uh, and you get 50 poker, uh, 50 lottery numbers each week. Uh, you can buy uh, poker tickets with that and try to increase your number of lottery tickets by playing well on the poker site. So it incorporates the two, and all this, of course, benefits education in the Caribbean, so a lot of the Caribbean islands, including uh, Antigua and Barbuda, and also uh, Cuba and uh, several other islands, uh, St. Kitts and uh, Barbados and a lot of different things down there. So uh, we want you to get involved. We want you to come play poker. And to kick things off, I'll talk about it a little later in the show after our second break. But I do want to let you know that we're going to have a free tournament. It's free to enter. Everyone who enters is going to get a free yearly membership to Place Your Chips Caribbean, a twenty nine ninety five value. 
But on top of that, uh, you know, we're going to have prize money for the first three spots in this tournament. It's a tournament that's going to start at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, August the 28th. You'll have until 9 p.m. to enter, but it's going to have a limited number. It's going to end at 11 p.m. that night, and whoever is in the lead will collect the top prizes. First place is going to be $750, second $500, and third place $250. So a good chance to win some nice money. Uh, if we have several hundred people, you have to play well to win. There may be less, and you may have an easier road to the prize money. So uh, check that all out and listen up later in the podcast, and we'll talk more about this on August 28th, our kickoff tournament for the Place Your Chips Caribbean site. We'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I do want to remind you that uh, these spots that you've been hearing uh, over the last year or so uh, for the uh, Place Your Chips Caribbean, uh, that is coming to fruition now, and we have a big uh, kind of kickoff tournament to try, try to get uh, people involved uh, in the site. Uh, it's, it's basically it's for lottery players and poker players. Uh, people who like to play the lottery get their 50, 50 tickets every week to uh, for the lottery drawing. It, the lottery benefits the uh, Caribbean education in many of the islands. You can actually designate which island you want to uh, contribute your funds to. But uh, 
you know, as far as the uh, poker goes, there is a poker game on the site where you can play. And uh, if you uh, win one of the weekly tournaments, you actually can uh, add poker tickets to your totals, your lottery tickets, I should say, to your total, and give yourself a better chance to uh, get a prize in the lottery. So um, we are kicking things off on August the 28th, which is a Tuesday night. We're going to have a tournament for as many people who shows up uh, who show up uh, ho- hopefully we'll have several hundred but uh, I do want to remind people that uh, if the field happens to be a little bit smaller uh, that will increase your chances of winning some cash because we have three three cash prizes uh, seven hundred fifty dollars for first place five hundred for second two fifty for third so you can imagine if there's only uh, twenty five or thirty players that you really have a good chance to win some nice cash and you have fewer players to beat. But uh, we're going to have uh, 5,000 chips available for each player. You're not going to be able to rebuy in. Once you lose your chips, you're out of the tournament. But it's going to start at 8 o'clock. You still can enter up till 9 p.m. This is all Eastern time. And you'll go to the Place Your Chips Caribbean site, get on the uh, poker game, and just uh, play any way you want if you want to try to Go all in in the first few hands and uh, get a big stack and then sit on it for the rest of the time. You could do that or maybe make a late comeback. There's certainly many ways to approach a tournament. But uh, we'll see how many players show up for this one. And uh, we're giving out some nice prizes to uh, give people incentive to come try it out. So we'll have more on this the next few weeks. We're actually next week going to give out a code on the show a couple of times. So you have to listen to the program. Of course, you have a whole week. Uh, actually more than a whole week, but to uh, listen to the programs, you can go to SoundCloud, and there's over a 1,000 people listening every week to the program, so we want you to uh, check it out, get your code, and then uh, be there on the, at the right time on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. once again, on PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, and uh, everybody who plays is going to get the uh, the 29.95 membership for free. It's a yearly membership that gives you the 50 lottery tickets each week, and a chance to replace them with poker tickets, play poker for the week, and then cash them in for more lottery numbers. So uh, it's an interesting concept. We hope you'll uh, join us. We'll talk a little bit more about it over the next couple of weeks, and uh, and uh, we hope you'll be with us then. Uh, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, run this interview with uh, Kristen Bicknell. Uh, she was very nice, a sweet girl, and I had really wanted to talk to her about the situation of the tournament out in uh, Las Vegas this summer, it was at the Venetian in a mid-stakes poker tour event, a $5,000 buy-in event. Uh, She got down to the final three players, had about an even chip stack with her boyfriend, Alex Foxen, and then there was a third player still alive with a smaller chip stack. His name was Cale Burns. And uh, they did, you know, he was friends with theirs, so he knew that they were, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. And and it's often hard to uh, play hard against someone and try to bust them out. There was one hand that everybody pointed to uh, where Kristen had pocket aces and Alex had pocket jacks, got a jack on a flop. So normally, if uh, they were mortal enemies or not even good friends or whatever, there's a good chance he would shove in that situation and and, uh, force her to fold. Uh, As it turned out, she folded with a smaller bet uh, by him, and a lot of people pointed to that and said, hey, look, well, they were playing soft on each other. Uh, so there was a lot of discussion, but I thought they were treated unfairly because any time you get into a tournament with three players, 
you know, the two big stacks are going to try to force out the smaller stack. You're not going to go head-to-head with the other big stack, take a chance of getting knocked out in third place when I just got to kind of bide your time and, and move into uh, second-place money. So as it turned out, uh, they ended up chopping the top two spots. Um, pretty close payouts. I think uh, Alex got 239000 and Kristen got 230000 But uh, there was a lot of discussion about that. And uh, one of the things she mentions in this interview was, uh, you know, that that there's a lot of situations where people have incentive to play, uh, you know, not take it so hard against someone they're playing against, whether they're good friends, might even be roommates, uh, you know, it might be someone that you have uh, a, a poker stake in. You may have swapped uh, some uh, shares of the event. And that certainly happens in a lot of high roller events. So there's a lot of different situations, and yet uh, people pointed at them, pointed the finger at them. And and I wanted to get a chance to talk to her about it. So we had a brief conversation uh, on the side while she was watching uh, Alex finish up his head-to-head tournament. And here's what Kristen had to say. I'm with Kristen Bicknell, and she's watching her boyfriend Alex Foxen uh, in the last tournament of the night. And uh, I've always wanted to ask you about the Venetian tournament. Uh, before I do, I want to congratulate you on the breakthrough of season last year. Uh, I'm a big supporter of women in poker. I feel like it's the last frontier of the game. And anybody that leads the way like you, I, I have a lot of respect for. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And it's definitely something that inspires me to play more tournaments. I came from a cash game background and, you know, um, playing tournaments from time to time and seeing how small uh, the numbers were for women in the fields and seeing that, you know, women weren't really represented in poker very well. It definitely motivates me to, you know, study the game, play the game, be the best I can be and get in there and, you know, represent women. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I know Jessica Dolly real well, won the ladies event this year and was very happy to see that. But we only had 4% in the main event women again. Uh, I can't seem to get over that hump. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I think it's such a complex issue. I could probably have a podcast, you know, we could probably sit and talk for an hour about it. Uh, I don't have really strong feelings about it. I think that in general, maybe, maybe men just enjoy poker more than women. However, what I find is the important factor for me is that if there is a female who wants to play poker, I want to make sure she feels comfortable and she feels welcome. You know, it, sh- it, shouldn't, um, it shouldn't be a man's sport. And the treatment of women has not been great in the past. But yeah. I think we're making some strides there, not just because of the Me Too movement or sure. anything like that, but because some men are always going to be jerks. Yeah. But yeah. it seems to be getting better. And I, w- I, and I think, you know, you probably try to convince people that there's yeah. a place for women at the table. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel that I'm treated pretty well from the poker community as a whole. And I think... Like, it's nice to see. And I think that as I've had females say to me, you know, watching me sit and compete with whoever at a high level, that it inspires them. And I think that it um, makes it seem like a more viable option for them to also play. So I think that's really good just to open the doors and say, you know, you do belong at this whatever 25K table or, you know. Uh, the uh, Mid-States Poker Tour yep. uh, out at the Venetian this summer, away from the Rio and not at the World Series of Poker. Yep. But uh, you got down to the final three. You're playing with Alex and another fellow, and I, yep. I can't think Kale. of his name right now. Okay. Yep. And uh, Kale Burns, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the situation basically is you guys have a similar chip stacks. He has a much smaller one. And you fairly offered him to chop a couple of times, but yeah. he decided he didn't want to. Yeah, I did feel 
some level of I mean, I want to preface it with saying that I looked at Kayla as a friend, and me and Alex and Kayla were all very friendly, and I was pretty happy to get three-handed with both of them. I felt that we were probably, um, you know, we're all, I think we're all pretty good players. Uh, it was, I just thought, let's, like, flatten the payouts and play for the trophy and kind of take some of the pressure off, because it, it was starting to feel a little tense. Um, and I had never been in that situation before, you know, uh, competing with my boyfriend like three-handed. Me and Alex had made a final table before, and we've played together before. I mean, he's busted me out of like numbers, <laughs> numerous tournaments. But um, yeah, it was an interesting spot when we got three-handed. Uh, I know the big controversy comes up when me and Alex played a big pot versus each other, and at the time, Kale had, um, I think. I think between me and Alex, uh, I can't actually remember the numbers right now, but I think it was like 90% I, I do that of the chips. All the time. Yeah. I can never remember hands. Yeah. And stuff. All I know is Kale had like, I don't know, 13 big blinds, and we both had like 40 or something like that, and it felt disastrous getting into a pot with Alex, and, um, you know, it, it was a, a stressful hand to be in for so many reasons. Eventually, you chopped the tournament, uh, the two of you, after yeah. he was eliminated. Uh, to his credit, he wasn't the one who complained. It was some friend of his that made a big deal of it on Twitter. Yeah, and that's uh, true. turned it into a controversy. And there was accusations of collusion and cheating yeah. and this and that. And I really thought it was unfair. Uh, yeah. First of all, when you have two people, when you have th three people oh. left and two of them have pretty big stacks, they're yeah. going to kind of work together to eliminate the other and person. That's it's natural only, and it's it only normal. And yeah. it's strategy. Yeah. Like, that's just normal poker, and right. it happens at every single final table. Right. So it did feel a little bit like everyone was, um, you know, putting us under a microscope that wasn't really fair. Going into the event, when you see it's yeah, kind of yeah. heading down that way, yeah. did, are you, like, terrified? Like, I don't want to be in this position, really, no. but I want to win. Yeah. But no, I'm excited. I think that definitely when we enter an event, we're like, let's get heads up. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it's kind of the best-case outcome. It's really fun going through the experience with him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you go into like a day two, a day three, and you can talk poker hands, and you know you're playing with the same players, and um, it's it's a fun experience. I, it's um, unfortunately now I feel like a little bit nervous for the future when it happens that you know that I'll be a little bit nervous to make sure that I'm you know trying to play as fairly as possible, even though I've always done that, and you know so is he. Um, but yeah, no, it was just fun. I see you here playing in the high rollers and yeah. things like that. You're, you're, you just jump right in there, and you're not intimidated at all, which is the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, but again, going back to some women in poker, they just uh, they don't want to put themselves in that position. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I, I, it motivates me when people underestimate me. I really, I'll take all of that, and uh, it really does push me to kind of compete. If, if you tell me, oh, you shouldn't go play that, you're not good enough or something, the first thing I want to do is go do it. So I, I, I like that. Female player of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. So what's ahead of you now? I mean, person of the year? Uh, <laughs> poker person of the year? It's a busy year coming up. Um, I feel like my schedule is packed until the World Series next year. Uh, I've just been poker stop, poker stop. I'm, it's August. I've still been living out of the same suitcase uh, since, really? I don't know, April yeah. wow. <laughs> before the World Series. Yeah. So I'm going home tomorrow for the first time. I'm excited. But, um, yeah, hopefully I get the the female player of the year again. And, I mean, if I could 
see what I can do in the overall right. GPI. That would be fun to, you know, maybe top five, ten, whatever. Last question here. Uh, your overall thoughts of uh, this whole outfit here and, and the way this things went this last two weeks. I think it was a really great series. I think it's really well done. Um, the big four, like the final table is happening like this today. It's kind of cool. It's really, yeah, ex- it seems really exciting. Yeah, all the tournaments and the, the schedule was really nice. I felt like every day there was a good tournament to play, if, whether you wanted to go on like the higher end or the lower end. Uh, the cash games were good. I played those a little bit. It's a nice, comfortable venue. Yeah, I could have no complaints. It was a really well-done series, and um, I know Tony does a great job yeah. with this. Yeah. Well, best of luck. Uh, Thank you. I always know I'll be out there on your rail somewhere. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> That's Kristen Bicknell, and uh, she was at the tournament playing in a lot of different things. She played in, uh, I believe she played in the charity event, and she, of course, played in the uh, Poker Night in America Ladies' Night. And some really interesting players in that one. So uh, that will be shown later in the year. But uh, she was the female player of the year for uh, uh, 2017. Really had a breakout season. And uh, certainly is one of the stars uh, of the game now that uh, needs to be dealt with, male or female. I know we always uh, kind of get excited about uh, getting a lot of uh, attractive women in the game. And, uh, you know, really has nothing to do with... uh, uh, how they play and that sort of thing, but certainly uh, we've always talked about women in poker as the frontier of the game and last frontier of the game, and certainly we'll uh, pull for her to be better, uh, do better in the 2018, even better than the great year she had last year. Uh, a couple other things happening. Um, while the Seminole Hard Rock tournament was going on, it was going head-to-head with the Arizona State Poker Championship, which actually had a monsoon rain out there, a massive storm, loss of power, uh, for thousands of people in the Phoenix area, and actually forced the cancellation of the tournament. They were playing day 1A, and it was late in the morning toward the end of the night, I think close to 2 o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And uh, 553 entrants on day 1, which is uh, pretty outstanding. Uh, 90 players were still left alive, and uh, they had this power outage in the building. And, uh, you know, when you have a, an area like that with a lot of desert and a dry area that don't really handle storms quite as well as we might down here in South Florida where we're used to it raining every day. Uh, but they ha- announced a postponement. Uh, they were still had two days to go, two opening days to go, and they decided that the tournament would be canceled. Uh, we were unable to get it off and uh, play as well. So uh, they still had not reopened as of today when I looked at it. They were hoping to open uh, August 19th, but uh, we'll see what happens and uh, if you might be wondering what happened, of course, a lot of players were very upset. Uh, those who had bagged or who just bagged big stacks at the end of day one, uh, there was looking like it was going to be a prize pool of over one and a half million dollars. And the tournament was canceled. Uh, players who were booked uh, in the hotel and were had traveled there at airfare and hotel costs, uh, pretty much out. Uh, hard luck. On that, but they will be uh, the $553,000 prize pool uh, based on ICM uh, chip counts. There will be payouts, and satellite winners will get refunds uh, from their sister property out there, which is called Casino Arizona. And this was a talking stick, by the way, on Highway 101. And they just need to present their uh, ticket and valid ID to get refunds on the satellites. Uh, unfortunately, for the players who were still alive, they'll get their cut of the $553,000, but exact payouts will not be announced. 
until a later date, in quotes. And uh, if you're not in the immediate area, you can mail in your receipts and await payment in the form of a check. So always tough. Uh, if you want to go on Twitter and find out what's happening, at AZ State Champ is the uh, Twitter site. So pretty crazy out there, but I guess that's what they get for scheduling against the Seminole Hard Rock. Anyway, uh, the Golden Nugget also, and this is probably a move of the future, uh, all the stuff that's happening with sports betting, they actually are going to move their poker room into a smaller area to open a, a brand new sports book. And uh just gives you an idea of the priorities of a lot of these big casinos. Obviously, their, their slot machines are tops. And then they uh, now will go big with the sports betting, and uh, poker uh, falls one more rung down the ladder. Uh, of course, uh, who knows? Uh, maybe uh, uh, poker can ride the coattails of sports betting to uh, become a little more acceptant into the world, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but we'll see. New Jersey going big on sports betting, along with a lot of other states that will probably get there this summer. So certainly uh, some interesting stuff there. Um, one more break on the show, uh, and uh, when we come back, we'll finish up with a few things that are uh, coming up in the near future and a couple of late results from other places. When we return, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Pick us up on SoundCloud and uh, like the show and uh, rate it on iTunes, all the good things that you do with podcasts. We hope you'll include us in those plans as well. We'll be right back after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final short segment of the program. Big Dave tonight. Joe will be back with us next week. Uh, Seminole Hard Rock is in the books for 2018. 29 players had six-figure caches during this tournament. 
so a lot of big prize money handed out. A couple of interesting things that happened in the early uh, mixed game events that were kind of run simultaneously with the opener, the 570 deep stack opener. Uh, Peter Walsworth, uh, Pete Walsworth won the, he's from Sarasota, uh, plays in a lot of tournaments down here. He won the Omaha 8 tournament, uh, which was event two, then came back and made the final table of the PLO 8 uh, tournament, which was eventually won by uh, Joel Harwood, who is Lonnie Harwood's father. Uh, but Pete finished fourth in that one, so uh, great tournament for him uh, in some of the mixed games. Uh, some of the other winners, uh, 50,000 high, super high roller was won by Elio Fox. Mark Doobie won two tournaments uh, in the uh, series. He won a 360 six max PLO, and he won one other event as well, the uh, 570 six max single uh, limit entry tournament. So he had a couple of nice caches there. Randall Fernandez won the Jeff Conine charity event, uh, $5,000 plus a $5,200 seat into the main event. So a uh, nice time for him. We mentioned all the t- big four winners, uh, Brandon Eisen, Alex Foxen, Mark McDonald, and Jake Schindler. And then uh, Ryan Reese won the $10,000 high roller that was at the very end of the event. So a great uh, set of tournaments, and uh, we'll look forward to their next one which uh, comes down in, uh, I believe, October is uh, the next one, which is the Rock and Roll Poker Open, late October. And we'll keep an eye on that one as well. Between now and then, they'll have the uh, Seminole Coconut Creek will host a uh, WSOP circuit event in September. So we'll be talking more about that over the next few weeks uh, as we move forward there. Uh, But a lot of great stuff uh, going on in the world of poker. Uh, the World Poker Tour heading for Los Angeles, the WPT 500, which has a million-dollar guarantee. It's only a uh, small buy-in, uh, but they have 16 opening sessions, two a day for eight straight days. It starts August 18th, so that's just uh, right around the corner here with two a day for the following eight days. Uh, and that is out in Los Angeles coming up. They also uh, had a big tournament uh, in Choctaw earlier this month, uh, and uh, that finished up uh, a smaller field for that one because uh, the Seminole Hard Rock was getting underway when that main event went. But Brady Holloman won that one, 755 entries in Season 17's Choctaw event in Oklahoma. Uh, Also, we had uh, Adam Ross winning an event uh, out in uh, the WSOP circuit. Uh, That was at Cherokee in North Carolina. Uh, the sales manager that uh, won that tournament for 295000 Uh Great stories. You always get some of those with people who are not full-time professionals. Uh, talked about paying off his mortgage. Said uh, he'd won 30000 in a tournament before, but this was life-changing money for him. And uh, he's going to pay off his uh, mortgage and keep his job as a sales manager. So he'll come to the main event next year and, uh, and play in that. Uh, also... Uh, a couple other events coming up. Foxwoods will be hosting the WSOP circuit uh, beginning in a, a day or so. And uh, we will look forward to uh, following that. It's actually August 16th. The first event gets underway. The main event is Friday, August 24th, and Saturday, August 25th. Uh, in Florida here, uh, Derby Lane over in St. Petersburg. Uh, I've been there many times. Uh, grew up over there and went to high school over there. And uh, I think the biggest... Paramutual score of my life was at Derby Lane, a $1,000 trifecta in a dog race. So, uh, 
fond memories over there and have some friends that work over there. But they will be hosting the Card Player Poker Tour in uh, October, October 7th. Uh, let's see, the action actually kicks off September the 28th with their first event. And uh, they will have a main event uh, later in August. So check that out uh, on cardplayer.com. And we'll uh, follow that along as well. That's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, plenty of other events to talk about. We'll pick up some of that next week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Poker Night in America cash games, if we can, and some interesting things that came out of that. But uh, a lot more to talk about with this, and we'll get some guests on as well. And carry some of those other interviews, including Tony Burns, who will be on next week. I did get a chance to talk with John Sin, the world champion, and we'll hear that next week. Uh, Stephen Chidwick and some other stuff next week. Some replayed interviews of stuff I did this week. And we'll hear more of that next week. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Gio, thank you for everything as usual. And Joe will be back with us next week. That'll do it for us tonight. And we'll hope you'll join us on August 28th for our tournament on Place Your Chips Caribbean. We'll talk more about it next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.